Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. What an honor and what a schus it is for us to be here again, especially after Yantiv. Baruch Hashem, looking forward and exciting to take your calls, your questions, and your comments. The number to call up, as always, is 718-683-5858. As always, we have three little requests. Request number one is to be aware that this is a family-appropriate program, and that means we've got children ages 8 and above listening. So please make sure that your question is appropriate. If it would be your 8-year-old listening, you would be okay. Next, that I would request, second thing is that this program is an awareness-based program. It's not a how-to, how we do something. And therefore, just for us to be aware that we can answer how-tos, so we can create an awareness, but that's sparse. So therefore, questions under the age of 8 is usually how-to skills. We're not able to address that. And the third request is to be aware that once you ask your question, it is a live program with call-ins and people record it and play it at different places. So please be aware that once you ask your question, it cannot be removed. Now, Rav Nissen, I just want to discuss two minutes. Baruch Hashem, we've got callers on, so I'd like to again ask them to please stay on. And the number to call up again, ask your question is 718-683-5858. And that is just... Just talking two minutes, Mertashem, I'm going to be doing next week a, a small workshop on family members of personality disorder. It's going to be nine evenings. Within, then there will be follow-up Sundays will be questions and answers. I'll do it both in Yiddish, one, one program in Yiddish, one program in English, so there will be separate ones. I'm just going to announce the number ones because I don't want to use this place really for advertising. It's just that we're doing it. We speak so much about it. So I'm just going to mention it once, but what I want to clarify more is why people should not be taking I know it's going to sound funny, this, and everyone talks about, tells you why you should take it. So let me just share. The number for anyone that wants to get more information is on my phone line. It's 718-298-2011, and you press Section 8. And there I have the information for the English and for the Yiddish, who should take it, who shouldn't take it, prices, all that. But I'd like to just share of this, if we could talk a minute about responsibility. Oh, and that means that in this workshop, we're going to be explaining the person as a personality disorder, never because they're in pain. We're not attacking them. We're sharing the pain they're in, but it's hard for them to be a mother, hard for them to be a father, hard for them to be a brother, hard for them to be a sister. Hard for them to be a grandmother and a grandfather, because unfortunately there's lots of fights around them and difficulties and overwhelm. But I got a message, please, if I could discuss it a moment on the radio, why I don't want people taking it if you're still at home. It means if you're a spouse, yes, but if you're a child at home, you're a teenager, why you should not be taking this workshop? And that's, this no, don't we discuss responsibility? Yes, many if times. Someone, if someone's in the home and the parent is, unfortunately, very not healthy. Again, there are different levels in borderline personality disorder. Or if someone's a narcissism, there's a small level where the parent has got some of the symptoms. But there are cases where the parent's got severe symptoms. And all of a sudden you have an 18-year-old girl or an 18-year-old boy, and they're going to start learning the 34 steps that I've put down that I see how a personality disorder sometimes, because of their pain, how they distort, how they change reality. And all of a sudden you're going to realize, oh, I... I'm not allowed to make a small mistake, but my parent can't even make supper. Or I'm the one that has to go shopping, buy everything for my parent, 
but they, if they buy one thing, then we have to make big deals about it. You're going to start recognizing some of the unbalances, and you're going to start calling them out on it. You're going to start realizing, oh, this isn't healthy? You mean that's not healthy? There's a denial that our, that the Rabbi Shalom puts in a person's mind. As we know, when someone is nifted, the Gemara says that part of the reason why someone is buried is there should be the Kayach shikha. Otherwise, we'll never move on. So when someone's alive, we're there, we're connected, and unfortunately when someone's nifter, it's painful. But after a couple of years, we move on. And that is the reason why you could be an adult, it could be wonderful, but for you to take this workshop, I don't know what will happen. And I, Chas don't want to be a process of having someone that's in pain or someone that I hurt someone, Chas v'shalom. So therefore, my basic rule is if you're in the house and there's a personality disorder, and you're not in therapy, don't take the workshop. I don't have to want to make things worse. Or listen, do you agree? Yes, definitely. You know, it's, it's so, you know, we were talking so many hours about this issue, personal disorder and all this stuff. And this is, it's raising a lot of questions. And we know that, I know that I got numerous questions, unbelievable questions about it. And people have to, 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 to know how to live with this, but as you say, it's a responsibility, bigger responsibility to open a Pandora box. Exactly. And that's why, yes, I'm doing a workshop, and yes, I want people to take it, but at the same time, I don't want to hurt someone. And that's also I want people to recognize when, when I'm using the word responsibility or achrayis, I feel responsible if someone takes the workshop and it, it, it hurts them. Therefore, my goal is for things to be stronger, for us to get better, for us to have the support system. The goal is to learn, let's say, in the workshops, the 39 strengths, rights that you have. And that is this like, you are allowed to make a mistake. And how many times do we learn from mistakes or afterwards we deal with stuff? You're allowed to. You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to question someone. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to say yes. You're allowed to say no. There are some basic concepts. You're allowed to dream and be different. You're allowed to say sure, come. You're allowed to say now is not good. And that's still in the gather of mitzvahs, kibbeh, aim. So, Mertashem, we plan, I don't want to discuss more about it. We want to go to the questions, to the program, Baksham. We've got people on. The main information I just want to share is if someone would like to sign up, the number is 201-691-7626. To hear information, you can go on my phone line, 718-298-2011 at Section 8. And the main goal, Mertashem, over here is to just take your questions and answers. But again, since I got that request, why don't I want someone to take it? I use the word responsibility. Good. Ramnison, who okay. do we go to? We'll go to Mr. R. Mr. R, you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hi, Mordechai. How are you? Baruch Hashem, wonderful. Great. I was reading your book over Yantif, and I can tell you I was really enjoying it very much. I couldn't help but notice um, while on Simchas Torah to watch all the different personalities that I was reading about go through their um, Hashem in their special way. I was watching, uh, I think you mentioned in one line how um, I was watching one person actually push the rub. Like, you know, you said he doesn't mind pushing the rub. He feels comfortable. It was yeah. a really amazing watch how, how um, he was, like, keeping the rub in line. And as you said, the rub didn't mind. The rub was appreciating it, you know, that he was, you know, doing the... Doing, and, and it was amazing to see actually how his son had seemed to have a similar personality, and his son was also pushing the rub, the younger boy, by Mitzvah Bacher. 
But it was just amazing to watch all the different personalities serve Hashem in their own way. Wow, thank you for that. Really, thank you. I had a similar experience. It was some chasayra, and some people got a little high. And it was interesting to see people I daven with in shul, so I daven in a bigger shul, sort of, and people like that I've never gone over to, or they've never come over to me, all of a sudden we're schmoozing, and I go, wow, just a little bit of alcohol, and you see this one's fire. This one was disagreeing with me, tell me I hear you and I disagree with you. I go, wow, where is all this coming from? So it was nice to see that people have got so much energy or power and natures in them, and we just don't see it because of whatever blockages is holding us back. So I appreciate you seeing that, reading it, seeing that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I had one question, actually, because one personality over the years I found was more challenging for my personality, um, and that is like, and the, the thing is, I don't know, I, to be honest, I didn't go through the whole book yet, so I don't know, maybe you would talk about it in the book, but there's one personality um, that I would like, basically the personality that's like rougher on the edges, I could say maybe many times they're a fundraiser, um, they, could be, uh, they could be very good at, let's say, a um, be you know collection like a, um, a, a you know administrator they could collect let's say um, uh, tuition type of thing um, many times you'll smile at them they won't smile back you wish them shalom they might not uh, answer they're picky about who they want to smile at you know they're a little bit like you know I'm not sure if I'm portraying the personality well enough but I've, I've actually read them um, through like how to win friends and influence people and. I I I I wonder if the right approach. I'm just maybe. Oh, I'm just asking your advice. If if a if if, a, if like people you know in your circle of let's say you know uh, let's say a coworker or somebody who might be in your circle of, uh, you know in your life, not immediate life. I'm saying people. Is it the right way to just say like? Is it the right thing to just say you know this person? We have two separate personalities. It's okay if if, if not, not not everybody do I have to. Uh, um, uh, uh, connect to uh, with their personality. Is that is that a true statement? Um, it's a great question. I think I think it's okay if you don't get along or if there are different personalities. I think so. But again, this is now an opinion. So let's be clear. Normally, I would answer more clinical stuff. This is an opinion. Right, right, right. No, no. Basically, what I'm what I'm, what I'm saying is like some sometimes I would find it like like as a, as a um, challenge to like to let me see if i could get that you know when i was younger i would say you know this guy looks a little more rough on the edges let me see if i could you know become friends with him more but now i find it more like you know i'm busy and i i find it you know i wish it's kind of my attitude is kind of i wish i could you know become friends with him but it's okay if i don't but it's kind of like annoying a little bit that you know that i can't let's say a neighbor or somebody that's a little rough around the edges kind of like i wish i could become friends with that guy it just it's just not going to work out you know yeah. So I guess you agree with me. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. I also want you to know, I find when I wrote the book that the Rabbi Shalom pushes everyone, means he's a teacher that doesn't let us skip lessons. So the Rabbi Shalom chooses when to give us the lessons. So eventually you're going to be dealing with everyone. Right, I hear. I hear. So right, like let's, let's use the lessons that Hashem is putting in your face. No, Rav Nissen? How do you find it? That I, I was in the, in the other line. I'm sorry, just... Oh, so basically this person is calling up saying that there are different personalities, and he finds that some personalities that he doesn't connect to that well, or it's not his language, let's say. Um, 
So he wants to know, like, does he have to like push himself to get to speak to everyone, to get to know everyone? I don't think so. No. <laughs> Right. Uh, you, 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 have a, you have your own friends. You have own people around it. Suddenly, you categorize them with as, as, a, as a, a fire and water. It doesn't make a you know difference. That's right. You, you have to find that you know. Even according to the book, you have somebody that is is exactly opposite of you or something, and you find him a chemistry. Because we are again. I know that the book is for not black and white, but is a Four colors, right? Yeah. But we are not four colors, and we we have so many people that belong to few uh, categories, you know, few things, you know, together. And we talk about we talk, many times spoke about the spiritual person that has combined many many of the earth and fire and the wind and the water. So we we are not completely black and white or four colors. We have different, and every, every each of us has different personality, and me, many, you know, many, many different nuances of uh, things, sticks. Let's put it this: that we we are connected or not connected. And I don't see, I don't see that I will uh, find my friends because he belongs to a fire or to water. Uh, that if I found him as nice and good person for me. I, I, it's working. That's right. Excellent. Right. Okay, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Excellent. Hatzlacha. Amen. Hatzlacha. Have a wonderful night. Yeah, thank you for calling, and thank you for reading the book. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Until next time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. I, I'm not either done. I review it's, it. Yeah, you have to review it all the time. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful night. Good Certainly, night, you. you're welcome. And Remission, who do yeah. we go to next? Uh, we go to uh, Mr. Y. But I, you know, uh, Mordechai, you know, I send you a text. It's really amazing. Yes, that's what I wanted to ask you if we should read it. Or yes, not. I, I, w- I would love to read it because this is something that we're facing every day. Okay. Every day. So let's go ahead and read, it and I'll give a little bit of information over here. So, so let's go ahead and read the question. Hi. I wish I was brave enough to call in, dot, dot, dot. But I think texts will just have to do. I was professionally diagnosed five years ago with OCPD. Let me explain what that is. Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder. And just to give a little idea, in the first workshop that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be discussing, so for those listening, we'll get a bit of an idea. There are three clusters, it's called, three sections of personality disorder. That means there's one one section called schizo, schizoaffective personality. I don't want to go into what that means, but those are a bit more extreme. Cluster B is what we discuss all the time of this and that we get the questions. We get, let's say, about a narcissist. We get about the borderline. That's in cluster B. In cluster C, the third component is a different type of personality disorder. It's not these ups and downs. Cluster C has OCPD, which I'll explain that in a minute. Obsessive compulsive personality disorder is very different than OCD. They have over there avoidant personality, which these are people that their entire personality, almost their entire nature, they're afraid to make any decision. And the therapists that aren't or people that are not experienced could sometimes confuse us for anxiety, but it's not anxiety. They have an anxiety component, but they're avoiding 
So they're avoiding anything. They're avoiding a work. They're avoiding getting out. They're avoiding a lot. And you have to recognize, is it the anxiety or is it avoidant? And there are different ways that therapists can tell the difference. In this cluster, in this third cluster, is also the dependent personality disorder, which is the exact opposite of the avoidant. This dependent person needs to be close to someone. They'll call them 24-7. They'll be around them. If the person says, do it, they'll do it. But every decision that they make, they need someone to back them up. Now let's talk about this OCPD. OCPD is imagine someone has OCD where they need a certain thing. So generally people have OCD, they'll have it in one area, two areas. They'll have it kriyashma, they'll have it washing hands. They'll have it in machshavas, they'll have it in touching their right, their right elbow or their left elbow. Balance, even, numbers, one, three, whatever it should be. Odd numbers, even numbers, they can have it in different areas. OCPD means that a life by them in almost all they need to follow rules. So they're going to be the person that they're going to watch all halachas to an extreme, but also all the geisha laws to a level. They're going to have certain things. This is how my parents do the suda. This is how we organize. And you can't change it. So let's make for an assumption that all of a sudden the wife doesn't have fish or the fish burnt. No, we must do it. And things that don't go in an order, they get very overwhelmed. They can't handle it. They can get upset. So what happens with OCPD is, they can, it can, they can rationalize as if they're healthy. They can make it sound like I'm a very organized person. Things have to go in an order. The problem is when life, anyone that is living more than 16, 17 years old, the mind opened up, we realize that life doesn't go smooth. There are bumps. There are curves. You've got to go up, down, and around. And the OCPD person will make many people's lives around them very difficult because things have to go a certain way, and they don't understand the other person. So if they have an, an idea how much budgeting, how much money you should be spending on a grocery, what type of products you should buy, and the spouse buys a different one, or the spouse would spend $5 more. We were involved with an OCPD where the person checks the grocery, every single item that the wife buys. Why? Because once in a while she would buy an extra bar of chocolate. And that dollar twenty, do you know what that dollar twenty does? And it's in many areas. It's not just there. And it's not that they're mean to be bad controllers. It means that they're mine. As we're going to be having in the workshop, we're explaining that personality disorders aren't chashon bad people. It's just the way their mind is thinking and anything other than their mind, if it doesn't happen that way, they're in severe pain. Severe pain that they react in an inappropriate response to what happens. So, Rabnison, does this so far explain what OCPD is? Do you think it's clear? It's very clear, yes. Good. So now let's go ahead and read, because I want to understand it's not just an OCD. It's in all their areas, and they, become, they can get very mean, very angry. They can even the other way around. Sometimes there could be fear of this. Do you ever have sometimes someone where you're in the room, you're petrified, but they're not saying a thing, but you see the fire in their eyes? Yes. Because that is also when people have the personality disorder. Sometimes I, I, we work on people or family members, and they go, my parent never yelled, but you felt the fear. And that's part of the therapy, and that's part of the 34 distortions let's say that's going on there, is that, well, my parent never yelled, doesn't matter, was there fear? We teach you how to bust some of those denials. So now let's continue the person's message. So here's the message, I'll just read it again. I was professionally diagnosed five years ago with OCPD, and then in caps like, yes, 
three exclamation marks. You're right. I was in a mega pain. I couldn't see a difference other than mine. So remember, they only see their way. I gave my wife, and they use the word like Gehenna in English. My wife went for therapy and was told to put her foot down. She was scared of me. She was afraid how I would react. Yet with her consistent visits to the therapist, which is over three years, she was able to be firm with me, able to be firm with me, with confidence, and not be afraid of how I would react, which led me to go for therapy. Boy, Baruch Hashem, we have both come over the bridge. What a journey. It's doable. I am, in, I am in a new world. I am still in therapy. Now, would you recommend to take your workshop? Before we go to the question about the workshop, because this radio program is not here to promote my workshop. Rev. Nissen, can we stop till there? What do you say to this? Because we talk about this all the time. When we beg the spouses to go for help, because they're petrified of the person that never has that personality disorder component, whether it's avoidant, dependent, or OCPD, whether it's borderline, or whether it's a narcissist, or whether it's in the whole other area. Had, You're petrified to deal with them, to say I want, anything. I want to tell you something. Before, and during the holiday, yeah. I had a, a, a person that approached me that his spouse really behaved unbelievable in front of the kids, in front of the, the all olam. And I told him, I told him, you have to go to therapy to know how to deal with this spouse. Yes. And when you talk, and the, the, the kids was petrified. The kids was under the chairs. They were so afraid. And I'm telling you, and this is, and I told, I, I know that, I hope that the person is listening to the, the now to the show, because it's very important to the spouse to learn how to maneuver and to try to reach a point that the other side will understand that he need or she need a therapist. And this 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 the text really uh, unbelievable. I just why I, I, I said to, to you that we have to read it. Yes, someone just sent me a message like on on my thing saying. Wow, it sounds like their father, but here they use the Hebrew word, the word minhagim. Yes, people that have OCPD will have minhagim that almost doesn't exist, or they find it in Svarim. And that's, again, when people have OCPD working with Rabbanim. They have the spouse asking the Rabbanim. People that have OCPD, now, Hassan, I don't want to get into this controversial topic, Rav Nissen, but forgive me for saying that. People have, they're too natural. They won't go to medication. I, we know cases where they won't let their kids have cereal because of all the poison out of that. And it's very much OCPD. Yes. It's not like, yes, so for an example, I am very mocked on Chal of Yisrael. I will not touch, I, I don't eat Chal of Stam. I don't. But there was once in a place where there was no food, there was nothing, and it was OUD, of course. Like, you, you got to use that. It's okay, but you don't eat it. Now, I'm not telling if someone should or not. I just, just want to understand it. So I've had it once in my life. Actually, I appreciate it because I realize this is the whole Messiah that so didn't taste better than Chal of Yisrael, in my opinion. Again, everyone listening, everyone can have their opinions. But the concept is there is a place where you could, where you can't, where you should. There are levels. And again, if someone has Menhagim, that's amazing. That's wonderful. But if you're Menhagim on now hurting your family, hurting your kids, that's where a Rav has to be involved. Yes. So now... 
let's go to this person's question. Now, not to answer the question. So as you sing, listen to this. The, if the person is listening, when the wife or the husband go for therapy, I agree to what this person said. Many times you're so afraid that it can take two to three years of therapy to get strong against the person that's a personality because there's fear in the air. And then you're afraid, I'll make it worse if I start confronting them. And the answer is, yes, you will. And the muscle that I heard, I think we use it here on the program, we use it over and over and all the time, is about braces. Yes, when you start the therapy process, it's like getting braces that your teeth, every time you go for therapy or every time you're at a new level, we start tightening the braces and your teeth are in pain, but your teeth are getting back into shape. And what happens when you go to therapy if you start off complaining about your husband or your wife that, that if you're the spouse, but then what you start learning is it's not about them. It's that you're afraid of people that are mean. You're afraid of people that could get upset. And we start having to dig, why are you afraid? Why aren't you okay with saying your, saying your opinion? Why are you afraid if they get so upset? Why can't you put a boundary? And we start going into your past. We start seeing other places in your life with friends, with neighbors. And we don't start with your spouse. We start in the small areas where you start setting boundaries. And as you do that, automatically you start doing it with your spouse. And after X amount of time, which by this person, let's say it was over two years or three years, let's say, now the OCPD, the person with the personality disorder, their life gets so uncomfortable because, let's say, this person's got an OCPD with the grocery, and now the wife says no. I want $400 a week for the grocery. I will spend how I spend it, and I'm not showing you the bill. He goes, but it's not right. She goes, let's call up the Rav. Or I asked the Rav, or I asked this Rebbitz, and this is right. Now he lost his power. Or he might yell, or whatever it would be, and she's not afraid of that. Going, I will not go to the grocery until it's done in a healthy way. Or let's find out how your parents did it. And I want the same way. Whatever it should be. You learn the power. You learn to open up and to share with others so you're not afraid anymore, and then things change. Now, just to ask the question, you're still in therapy. Do I recommend he take the workshop? I would recommend he could take the workshop if he's in therapy because this way he'll have an idea more as to how the family members were affected. He'll be aware of some of the ways he thinks that's not healthy that he could bring up in therapy, but I would recommend more for his spouse to take it. The workshop's called Family Members of Personality Disorders. So personality disorders, you can take it. But you can't do therapy on yourself from a workshop. It'll give you an awareness. This is meant for the family members to get awareness so this way they can start reaching out to therapy. They'll understand. In Yiddish, there's the word, the blotter. They're like in the mud, like, oh, wow, this is where I'm stuck. That's what's happening. Great. Okay. Okay, let's go to uh, Mr. Mr. A. Mr. A. Yes, hi, you're with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Mr. A? Hello? Yes. Yes, hi, okay. Um, Thanks for uh, this amazing um, um, line, and I would like to even add something. I was familiar with this... uh, personality disorder from some way and it's exactly how you describe it and it's an amazing thing to do about that because it's uh, I, the case I was familiar is the family went broken, the spouse never knew that something is wrong and after many years of suffering the family went broken, There was a, it was time to go to someone but it was too late already. 
Um, what I am calling up is now is asking about myself. I have a son at age uh, 15, 16, yeah. and he is is reminding me from streaks of a personality disorder, and but it's in some way yes, in some way no, and I would like to know how to handle it and if it's really Hold on. that Can problem. Hold we just stop there? I appreciate it. Okay. Teenagers all sound like, almost all sound like they have personality disorder. I, I know that too. I know that's that too. That's the stage they're supposed to go through of this, right? Okay, so let, let me explain myself. They're supposed to be their opinion. They're supposed to be moody. Uh -huh. They don't sleep at night, so they get more moody, or they care about what the world thinks about them. This is uh -huh. a healthy for teenagers. <laughs> I understand that, but I have teenagers uh, more than one, and I would, like to, I would like to explain my question. He's go ahead. like with no feelings to others, no feeling. I have kids that, well, uh, if the mother would say to them, uh, please, I'm so, it's before you aren't, I'm working so hard, please give me a hand. There's always a way that a kid should, okay, now I'll give my, I see my, my mother is so begging. He would never budge, and he would always think that the way he thinks it needs to be, it needs to be. So why should I help four hours? No one helps so much, and nothing is going to change him. This opinion, this is opinion that it's going to stay. And it's not only with helping the mother, anything else I would ask him, or even, let's say, with davening or something. He would daven, like, with no feelings. And I would ask him, with, after going to a big levaya, everybody was crying. How, describe how would you feel about it. So it would be cold like ice. And it's, I don't know how to deal with it. I'm just lost how to deal Is this a personality disorder? No, no. Let's. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're asking the question. I, I guess for everyone listening, and this was a little bit my alchet when I was young kipper when I was davening rabbis, and this was a bit of my concern always, that when we discuss about things, people start getting really worried about the extreme. And for an example, it's very possible that he's a, a bacher, a teenager that might be having a difficulty in yeshiva. He might have had a couple of friends that turned against him. You might say, let's see, with your kids, you didn't have it. But with him, he might have had a difficulty in class or with friends while your other kids were able to. Just for, just, it doesn't matter why, but the Rabbi Shalem gives different children different nesiaitis. And his no, he was, he was like be, this from since he was born. I would never reason with him. He could no reason with anything. Can I ask a head. bit of a blunt question and choose to answer or not? Is he like your wife? No. Okay. <laughs> Then he's, I would just tell you then speak like, to Machanach 101. I, there's more information, more questions that I'd ask that I wouldn't be able to ask. All uh, I would tell you is we don't jump Hasashalm to a personality disorder. Nowhere close to that. Uh, and even if it is, I just want you to be aware, or there are symptoms of it, we don't, th there's missing the whole other part about the fighting. Is everyone, does he fight with everyone? Does most no, relationships that he have fight with, disagree with? No, he he doesn't need any acknowledgement from someone else on his doing. He would he wouldn't be right. that type of needs someone right. to give him. He was he is confident about himself. But if someone enters in his territory and taking something he thinks it's not proper, he would then he would act up. But nothing that if nothing so else goes in his way. So we can call that normal so a, a regular teenager. That's it. That's regular teenage worth. That now they need you need let's say just someone to guide you. You don't even need a therapist. Just uh -huh. about Mahanach to help you how to deal with such a personality.
That's, uh, is, is, it, is it possible for a kid to be so cold that I, he wouldn't even budge? I want to. I, let me just jump. I'm sorry. That's Please, a, I just, go ahead. I would say. I would say that when you expected uh, from this boy and said, "Why are you so cold?" It you create exactly the opposite. He now he play you game. He's came to you that uh, you know staying cool. Now I'm trigger my parents. I'm trigger everybody, and inside is burning. You know. And this is something, it is a teenagers. You know, right. they feel that, you know, and you cannot, you know, the only things as a parent, and I'm telling you the parents, I'm telling you, when you see this kind of issue, don't react. Just pray and pray and pray. Believe me, this boy will be very, very, and it seems like he has a very, very strong personality. He and is, he's he, a masmet. He is learning all as, day and sitting in Banasman so, and So listen, so just let him develop is feeling and it, it will be okay. Don't push in this and issue because you get you get exactly the opposite from him. Exactly, I know that. Okay. Great. And just to go to one other point, which I agree to everything to Ravnissan, actually to add on to what Ravnissan said is, I'm just going to read a message that Ravnissan sent to thank you, but just to get an idea. So by Weinberger, I wanted to let you know that your book is also my start understanding the earth nature much better since I'm fully wind. Thank you tons. Even though I am a loved, fun girl that is easygoing, I get I really gained a lot with workmates, bosses, friends, siblings through your book. I want to know that Rabbi Shlomo makes some natures that need less feelings. They really are. That's called the earth nature. Not that they don't have feelings. It means they don't need to talk about it much. So, for example, I'm a water nature. There's people that have, let's say, a fire. We love talking about feelings. Wind likes theoretically talking about feelings. Earth will have the feeling, but why talk about it? So the caricature that we use in the book is that's the person's 25th anniversary, and the wife says, you know, we're married for 25 years, and I don't know if you're happy during these 25 years. And he well, says, I wrote that. But I, yeah, but I told you on the first year that, that I'm really happy with you. If things change, I'll let you know. So I just want you to realize that this is, there's a nature that they have feelings. Earth has feelings. They just don't need to talk about it. They can huh. say a little. And if we can focus more on, look, you're so angry, what's going on? Just focus on the behaviors or what other levels that could help. As well, if you're concerned, I'm very comfortable with you speaking to Machanuch, but this, so far I'm not hearing anything even close to a diagnosis, not even close, not even on the spectrum. Sounds like, as Rabbi said, you have a healthy, wonderful, normal teenager that could be more of the earth nature. And you're more an emotional person. And for us emotional people, having a child that is more earth, which is doesn't share emotions, but they feel it, is for us torturous. Exactly. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, what would, be, what would be a sign? Personality disorders are completely off. First of all, I'll tell you, I've gone back to college. And I started again taking psychology to become a clinical psychologist. My Shem will take me seven years. I and I've already used it a couple of times, the information. I didn't think I would really learn that much. But so far, in about the eight weeks that I'm doing it now, I've learned quite a bit. And the, a large part of the focusing is the diagnosing. One of the changes that I was not aware of, and that everyone in the class, including the professors, furious, really upset at is, that it used to be you're not allowed to be diagnosed a personality disorder until the earliest, the age 17, but really 18. 
Now, unfortunately, they allow you to diagnose a kid a personality disorder, even if they're 13, 14, if the symptoms go on for a year. And actually, my paper that I had to write was, are you for it or against it? And I had to prove in various situations. So one of the various situations why I was against it was that there are, and again, everything has to be, when you're doing it for the psychology school, it's got to be for the professional literature proving that, showing that if kids were in an abusive environment, how much higher they would be acting up, they would be physically violent. These are teenagers in, again, early teenagers in the ghettos, like in the areas which are very low socioeconomic areas where they're not being raised by their parents. There's a lot of drugs and other stuff going on there. And you see how they get violent, and they get diagnosed, certain diagnosis, when that's not the situation. They're just never machanoch. They were put in terrible situations, and they're going through pain, and that's how teenagers react. And that reasons what I said, how can we give them a diagnosis when the diagnosis isn't a personality disorder? The diagnosis is that they're eventually going to put them in different situations, in difficult situations. Any human being in such an environment would unfortunately would react that way. So these are one of the things that I am against, or I'm disappointed in the new changes in the DSM-5, as it's called, that was changed in 2013. Because I've seen, there's even one case I'm thinking of now, where the grandmother was a personality disorder, and the child, I don't want to go into details, but the child of the personality disorder has gone for therapy, and they had a child. So that means, let's say, a grandson or a granddaughter that therapists wanted to say, the school was saying, this person must be on medication, they're acting up, they're terrible, and saying, wow, just like that grandmother. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the parent was in therapy for a while, and now, over the last year and a half, this grandchild that they said is a personality disorder is healthy, loving, successful, getting along with every teacher, getting along with every Rebbe, getting along with every friend. And this is someone that two and a half years ago, not one teacher or Rebbe, I'm purposely not saying which one it is, and not one friend wanted to get along with this person. None of the neighbors wanted. And this is what I see when you change the parents if there's a personality disorder in the environment. So here it's a child of a personality disorder that had to get help. You see the entire environment changing. I am really disappointed that the DSM-5 has put in there now diagnosing children with this when I believe are teenagers, early young teenagers, when they're innocent, in my opinion. Okay. Okay, I understand. Good. Um, hopefully I know how to handle with it. And thank you very much. It's amazing. And keep up doing Thank you very much. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. I know. We'll continue You're with, welcome. with um, Mr. A. Okay, Mr. A. Wow, we've got men day today. This is all men so far. Mr. A, you're on with Mordechai and Ravnison. by the way, just before we go to you, Mr. A, what do you say to this, that, they, that, the, that they've allowed to diagnose Nebuch children, in my opinion. I'm saying Nebuch, I'm leading uh, it. You know, you know my opinion about it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't you know, that, because I, I really I think that yeah. this, this is like, we, unfortunately, this society like to put each one in a boxes, and if it will be, uh, tomorrow it will change to, to 10 years old, and this is really ridiculous, especially the brain of teenagers is so different, and uh, uh, so, uh, you know, can Tolerance yeah. and play a lot of games, yes. you know. With that, this is something that's, that's really, supposed to happen. 
Listen, yes. that's their age. That's how they're learning, the emotions and, the, and all, all the changes in the body. Of course, this is normal. And so, they, so they're more ahead to saying, but you have to have the symptoms for over a year. Teenagers don't have it for a year. And what happens if there's some trauma or tragedy in their life? They will be that way for two, three years. They're not a personality disorder. They're trauma victims. Yes. And I know they want you to rule it out, but not always do you know what's going on. I, I am disappointed. I would have never allowed it, in my humble opinion, ever allow someone under the age of 18 or even 20 to be diagnosed with a, with a personality disorder. I would first do therapy and everything else. But okay, this is, this By is, the way, just one more message I got over here, and very similar to the last message. Wow, I had the same thoughts about my 15-year-old Bacher. I'm sure all this talk about BPD that helped so many also put fagelach, like head, like, like, uh, like birds, mm-hmm. in many people's heads. Parents to their children, children to their parents. So people are worried. No, 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 guys, whoever's listening, please, let's realize that kids have ups and downs. Kids get moody. That's what teenagers are supposed to do. That's during their process. There are times that they look like they're adults and they're talking to you so mature, and also at times they're children, and they act like little kids. That's what happens during the teenage years. They are part adult, part child, but it's not that they're a mix between the two. There are times they're adults. There are times they're children. And when they get triggered, they turn into those children. This is normal. And I would say that uh, the MRI uh, research about the teenage yeah. brain it shows that it is what we call exploration position. It's like the two-year-old uh, child, exactly the yeah. same location. People have to understand this. Teenagers is a very, very sensitive area. And uh, I, I love uh, to let, give them a lot of credit to the teenagers. Yeah. And let's also realize that teenagers, part of the benefit is that they're adults-like, but they still have the creativity of kids. They're aware. They'll share their emotions. They think out of the box. They're not so rigid. Oh, the system says like this or like that. They're alive. And we've got to learn from that. We've got to listen to them. Here's some of their advice, some of their ideas. Some of them are great. Yes. Yes. Okay, we'll go to Mr. A. Yes, Mr. A, hi. You're on with Mordechai and Nissen. Yes, hi. How are you? Ah, Baruch Hashem, wonderful. And just before we take your question, just want to announce the number so people can call up now. <laughs> the number is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. We look forward to taking your questions and your comments. Go ahead, Mr. A. Um, usually it's hard for me to call in at this program because of the time, but since you asked on your phone line um, a few times that people should call in, especially in the beginning, I called 800, hoping to be the first caller. Thank you. that sounds that Hashem had a different machshava for me. Yeah. I've been waiting till now. Wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you for being so on time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, so I would like to ask just like a technical um, question. I already have signed up to your upcoming workshop. and looking oh, forward. Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, and, we just announced uh, it today, and I was actually told people signed up. We almost never have it right away the first couple of days. So, yeah, thank you. And I signed up for the Yiddish one, and... Is it like it's interesting for me to see how it will go because I took um, your two previous workshops in English. So I'm wondering to see yeah, how so it will be. Yeah, I was also wondering how it's going to go. <laughs> I, I, it's the first time I'm doing a workshop in Yiddish, and this workshop I felt is very important to have it. 
and to create the awareness all over. So, yeah, I'm also interested. I'm um, curious. Something new. It also takes a lot of energy out of me just to realize when I do an hour to an hour and a half workshop, it's like my full kishkas, my full heart and soul is put into it, and I'm going to be doing two of them, one in English, then one in Yiddish, like pretty much right after. Whew, we'll see how that goes. That's the teenage of you. That's it. I have to say, yes, that is the part of me that just, let's give it a shot. Let's try something new. Let's try something different. I don't know how it will go, but let's go ahead and give it a shot. But I still have, like, a few questions. I asked the secretary, but she she wasn't able to answer me. Um, in English, you um, the question and the way it goes is only by texting. How will it be in Yiddish? Because the people who are... We're going to be uh, doing faxes. Signing... We're also going to be doing text. Some people have Yiddish text. And I am still in the middle of finding someone to read it to me. Because I do read Yiddish, but I do it slower. So I was going to have someone come on to read me the, either the faxes or the text. Uh, or even email. All of them will be there. So they will read it. Like I'll have this friend of mine on the phone, like with us, reading, and this way I read it. So the same way people will do the English, that's the way they'll do the Yiddish. And because I, my Bachshiva was that the people who are signing up in Yiddish is because they, they like their language is Yiddish and texting. I mean, on most phones that I know, it's only in English. So it's the one. Let me share with you a little bit of difficulty just so you'll understand what happens. Just for everyone listening, you know you get experience. So I did my first workshop. I allowed people to ask their question. I'm not even going to go into which workshop that was because I don't want anyone to get triggered. Were they in that one or not? But I allowed people to ask their questions. I answered sort of like this program. What happened was people that needed therapy were asking their question. I'm saying it's out of the scope or I tried to give a little short answer, and they're going on and on and on. And it ended up being about 10 minutes or 15 minutes for a question. I had about 50 people wanting to ask a question. And when I gave the answer, he said, no, 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 but you're not understanding the question. I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 you're not understanding the answer. And that's when I stopped taking live questions, because it was impossible for me to do a workshop where when people are paying money, they expect their question to be answered. But they're asking questions that cannot be answered on those levels or it takes them 10 minutes to give me history when it's a text and you've got to send it in those 150 or 160 letters it's your question what do i do by this and this how do i do it how do i implement this exercise now i do that so when people got on they were giving me history so i had this and this and this and also, yes, for I those listening now, just sharing with everyone, the number is to call up is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And those workshops, by the way, that do take people's questions and answers, they're usually in groups of 10 or small groups, and or they only take three or four questions, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And one more question I have about Go ahead. the... By the way, I just want to know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. I hear this already yeah, it was just more than one from Right, you. so what I do is, therefore, I allow everyone to text their question or fax their question or email their question, however, whatever source they have, and I address everyone's question. I don't think there's been a question that I didn't address. It's just shorter. They won't give me the full history or... But everyone gets, but everyone's question gets addressed. So when I do an hour, it's an hour and a half of questions. 
I am able to take everyone's questions because it's short, condensed, that I can address it, Merit Hashem. Yes, and one more question I, I have that about the workshop is that you will also, on the Thursdays, you will also take questions or only on the Sundays? This is no, I'm only going to do it on clear. Sundays. I won't, I won't be able to. And I also want people, because we have a lot of people from Europe that are also interested in signing up, I want everyone to have the questions at the same time. Now here, I'll share with everyone that here's where me going back to college made me change my group, made me change. Because normally I would have done the Yiddish one day, English another day, and I would have done questions after and also on a Sunday probably for the Europe. Because when I do questions for Europe, we almost never got questions. The first, two, the first two Sundays we had, after that, the European people, either they stayed up or I had four or five questions. So what I found was that... Because I'm in college now, entire Wednesdays, like days, it's a lot, a lot of work, a lot of research that gets put in. So what I realized is after the second workshop, there was almost no one that asked questions on Sundays, so I figured I would give more time. Instead of an hour for questions, I will give an hour and a half for questions and answers. And this way, everyone will get to hear it at the same time. So we have from 3.30 to 5, the English text questions and answers, and then from 5 to 6.30, the Yiddish ones. And the reason why I do it from 3.30 in the afternoon is because we want the European people to be able to listen. So it's a five-hour difference. They'll be able to participate to the questions and answers. But the actual program will be geared for the Americans because that's where we've got 90% of our people that signed up. So I try to make balance. I try to keep a balance for everyone. But, of course, you can't please everyone. But our goal is to please as much as possible. Again, the number for those that would like to call up to ask your question, it's 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And I would also like to ask you um, a, a different question about the workshop is that I once heard you that somebody called in on the radio program and saying that she's in college for a Ph.D. and you were asking in what area. So I yeah. was, like, confused because I thought that Ph.D. equals um, psychology. I didn't no. know that. It, like, like fact, what? That what lady, is a PhD? I remember the question. Yes, that lady was not. It was not in a licensed area. It was in holistic medicine, like a holistic doctor. That is no PhD. That is not. I mean, let me rephrase it. That is called a PhD. But you can call yourself a doctor as long as you don't call yourself in what area. So you're not allowed. I can't call myself a doctor in medicine. I'm not. I'm not a doctor in medicine. But you can, for example, there's a PhD in hypnosis. You're not licensed. You're not registered. You can call yourself doctor. What means a PhD? Like, what does it stand for? Like, what is this word? So it's a doctorate doctor? in philosophy. But there is there are licensing areas where and what you can say about a PhD. Just to give you an example, if let's say I am a PhD, let's say when I get my TA, my PhD, and I get it in clinical psychology. So just for you to know, what it stands for, Ph.D., is a doctorate of philosophy. And in Latin, because it's the Ph.D., it's called the philosophy doctor. So it's a doctor of philosophy. Now, what happens is, if uh, let's, for example, I'm at Shem, so I plan on taking my clinical exam once I graduate, and then I do my whole thing. I plan on becoming a, uh, a, Shem, a clinical psychologist in New York and New Jersey, because those are the two states where I'm in. Let's say I go to California. I'm not allowed to call myself clinical psychologist because I'm not licensed there. 
If I call myself not if I call myself a clinical psychologist, I could lose my license, and I can even go to jail because I'm practicing therapy without a license where you're not allowed to do from one state to the next. You're not allowed to. So therefore, certain titles have certain names. So PhD, clinical psychology, means you know that person is licensed in that state, and if not, they can lose their license. If they practice, they can even go to jail, fines, lose their license, and even go to jail. Now, people can call themselves anything. Just like if you call yourself rabbi, is there anyone that can challenge you? But are you able to be Masada Kedushan? No, you're not. You're not allowed mm. to officiate a wedding unless you get licensed by the state. So people can call themselves any name, and it does not mean that they are licensed by the state. So that mm, like person that was, like... taking the, was taking her Ph.D., it was more an alternative medicine. It's a nice certification. It's nice information, but it's not licensed by the state or by the government. And there is um, a different licensed PhD besides a psychologist? Sure. If you remember, there was, I think, the secretary of uh, which one, Condoleezza Rice, that she was earlier, she was during the Bush era. She had, so I appreciated that, there was one of the senators that were, like, questioning her, and they were, like, really chutzpahdik to her. They called her Mrs. Rice, and she goes, no, you call me Dr. Rice. She had a Ph.D. in history. You could get a Ph.D. in history. You could get a Ph.D. in the English language. You could get a Ph.D. in almost any subject. There's a Ph.D. in um, what you call occupational therapy. There's a Ph.D. in social work. Wow. There's a Ph.D. in almost every subject. Yes. Um, and then one more question, if I may ask, please. Go ahead. As By the way, I, I appreciate your question, because this way people will realize that when someone has a title doctor, that is, that in the professional world, we ask, who, what type are you? Mm-hmm. Where are your credentials? Then comes the next question, which college did you go to? Mm-hmm. Because there are colleges that are more chashev than aren't. That's already in the Stolzi world. Now, I am happens to be doing a college that's less chashev because I still want to do everything else that I'm doing. Those harder colleges, I would need to be going three days a week to college. I'm not interested in that. To have, I want to be licensed. I want to get the information. I want to get the knowledge. I don't need the college to get me my first job. I want the knowledge. I want the experience. And that this college that I'm going to does have that. I also want to be able to work and do things so I can do a lot of classes online which I'm able to do. So I can do it on other times. But all of these levels are what people need to know, or those listening, that when you find out the person's a doctor, what type of doctor? That's why I asked that person, what is their PhD? The minute I heard that it was okay, I I like what their person's learning and what they're studying, but it wasn't a licensed doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, I often hear you say that you have clients overseas. Like I was always wondering, how does it work? Do you have clients, you, what you're doing sessions over the phone? So actually, yes, we do sessions over the phone. We do sessions over um, over the Internet, Skype, where we can see the people. We have that. We even do marriage work that way. But it does get a little bit sticky legal if we're allowed to call it therapy because officially 
doing out of state or out of the country. So we usually try not to call it therapy or sessions. We call it more consulting, things along those lines. And many times we refer, once we feel, if we feel it really needs in-person therapy, then we refer. We've just had now two, three cases before Yantiv that we refer, that we felt the cases needed in person. But, yeah, we have clients all over the world. We've got all over Europe. We've got all over Canada. We've got all over the United States clients coming. We've even had from Australia once or twice. I found it amazing. It's like 16-hour difference time zones. It's not even like five-hour difference of seven. It's like on a Monday, 2 o'clock, which is by us a Tuesday, it was the other way around. Like by them, Tuesday, <laughs> making the cheshbonus was quite interesting. But it gets into legal issues, you should know. It's not that simple, doing therapy over different states or over different countries. But, yes, we're able to do it over the phone or via the Internet where we're able to see what's happening. Because you also need to realize there are many different states or areas or countries where they're from Eden, and they don't feel comfortable either going to a non-from therapist or they don't know who's got experience. And, again, thanking Rav Nissen for having this program. This, these programs listen to all over the world. And people say, okay, so I know Mordechai, I hear him, I hear what he says, I like it, I'm interested, I'm willing to go to them. Yeah. Wow. Okay, thank you, and I'm looking forward for your workshop. So, Baruch Hashem, I'm not a family member of a personality disorder, but I really like to get educated, and I'm listening to to all your programs, to all your lines, and I have read about um, DPD and so like all today in all magazines and everything and I have a really like a lot of questions I don't understand exactly so hopefully I will get clear by the workshop. Yep, feel free to text, you'll understand the psychology you'll understand where they're coming and again our goal is to create a care and not to attack the personality disorder we want them to feel understood but we still, just because we understand them doesn't mean we'll excuse the behaviors doesn't mean the family members will give in to their behaviors, in fact in the first workshop we discussed how Caring for them is setting boundaries. Caring for them is telling me I care about you, but this I won't do, or I'll do it this way, or certain tones. This is just learning the boundaries, learning how to do that. That comes later. That's in the workshop four, more five even, four and five is where we start going down those paths. Thank you. Thank you Thank for you. signing okay. up. Thank you. I appreciate and good, that. And have a good night. We're going to yes. Mr. R, and probably this will be the last one, right? Okay, Mr. R, Emeritushim, yep, we will be closing with you. And I guess for anyone listening to sign up, we'll just share the number one more time to sign up. It's 201-691-7626. Yes, Mr. R. Wow, we had a um, full day of just men. I don't know if we've had in a couple of years that we're on just men all day. I think that's the first time. Yes. Yes, hi. uh, First, of course, uh, thanks for your wonderful program. Sure. And uh, I have just a small question. I want to know what what does uh, aspersion mean? Tell me, what does the word mean? Which word? I think, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it good, but I think it's aspersion. It's a, it's a kind of disorder. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the diagnosis is. I'm really not sure what you're saying. Mm. You didn't hear about that. Special? Aspersion. Could you spell it to me as best as you think it is? A-S-P-A-R-T-I-O-N. I'm not sure, but... 
Is it maybe Asperger's? Mm, maybe it is. I think so, yes. So Asperger's is a diagnosis that also they changed since 2013 in the DSM-5. And they have a different level, but it's a bit on the spectrum. So today they call it social communication disorder. Could you tell me some of the symptoms? Because instead of me talking about something and it won't be that, tell me some of the symptoms that you think they're talking about. Yes, um, it, I, I think first I think it's not asparagus, but uh, Asperger's, but I, I think uh, it's like the the person is 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 uh, fan, um, fan, um, like uh, he thinks that he's a uh, like a big he thinks he thinks. Uh, that he is more than he is, something like that. Is that maybe a narcissist? No, not a narcissist. He, maybe he delusional? Someone, when someone thinks that he's more than he is, is it a plain, simple Balgaiva? No, not, I'm not, I can't explain it so well. But, uh, like, he, he, he thinks that he is like a, like a Malach or something like that. Oh, so that's right, maybe delusional? Or schizophrenic? Mm, I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure. Okay. okay. I, I thought the word so, is aspersion, but that that's why, why what I heard. But no, maybe schizo. Uh, um, no, or maybe there is some word similar that is just not triggering by by me the memory. No. Okay. There are different levels. There's those that those are people that think that they're more. That's. That's called schizophrenic, or if someone is bipolar, when they're manic, that's when they're at that level. And we call that delusional. Um, I, I can't think of um, mm. anything else that it would be. And I stand, and I just think now, maybe you can make like a, a, a program of just telling uh, all the disorders and explaining what it is. Just in short, in a, in a short version, not... not uh, that's a good idea. You know... Just you know, do you do you all want to laugh? Let me go, just give me one second to find something. I am going to read to you a list of different anxiety disorders. Just that, and I think there are about um, fifty or sixty of them. It was very wow. cute. It was almost like a disorder for. Let me just see this. Maybe uh, yeah, I, I would maybe do the main ones, but. Uh, uh, it was very cute when they had all these type. Wow. Uh, let's just see. Let's just see if there's a list over here. Harold, let, let me just go through. Just just start with the A's. Adjustment disorder, adverse affective medication, age-related cognitive decline, agoraphobia, alcohol addiction, Alzheimer's, amnesia, amphetamine addiction, anorexic, nervosa, and, and uh, antisocial personality disorder, anxiety disorder, anxiolytic disorder, Asperger's syndrome, attention deficit disorder, attention deficit hyperactive, autism spectrum, avoidant personality disorder. These are just the A's. Wow. The B's, barbiturate-related disorder, benzodiatamine, bereavement, bibliomania, that's an eating disorder, a bipolar disorder, body dysmorphic disorder, borderline intellectual functioning, borderline personality disorder, breathing-related sleep disorder, brief psychotic disorder, bruxism, bulimia, nervosa. <laughs> and these are just, but there's even the cute ones. There's one of anxiety that I once went through the list of them, 
it happened to have been very, very cute to see all those different names. Wow. But they're just, you know, just the 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 basic disorders uh, the people know because... Yeah, I was once yeah. thinking about doing that, like just doing like a sort of like a first aid, just a workshop, just understanding yeah. the main diagnosis is out there, the main types of therapy, just like a first aid so people should mm -hmm. have an idea. Because the, the, people have an idea about just, you know, OCD, bipolar, the, the basic, the more famous uh, disorders. But it would yeah. be very interested um, if you make something like that. I happen to agree with that. I think that is a great idea. All right, so yeah, Chef, okay. we'll put well, that thank on you very our much list for things your, to do. your great uh, program. And also I'm listening on Karma Vasa. Oh, thank and you. It's very, very, uh, I appreciate it very good. Excellent. Great. Thank you. Well, right. It's a good idea to make a small cli video clips on this each one. I know. I think we would do that. I would yes. uh, Reb Nissen has been asking me for a while to do like small video clips about this information, like what are these disorders. It happens to be interesting, doing something like just describing a bipolar, describing depression, anxiety, the different types of anxiety, just knowing that, let's say, five main types of anxiety. Um, depression, to know the two or three types of depression that's out there. Even bipolar, there's a bipolar one, a bipolar two. There are different levels. There's a bipolar with a one-time episode, with several episodes. There's an up, there's a manic and a depressive. There are, there are, there's that, and let's say like the personality disorders, even just the short, not what I'm doing, just like short. What are the three clusters? What does it look like? So I happen to like that idea, Mertesheb. Thank okay. you. Great. I, I would just take the last message from this one that you sent just because you sent it. Yes. Hi, I would like to know if someone has anxiety, does it mean that they must have gotten it from one of their parents? Absolutely not. Anxiety can come from being a perfectionist. Anxiety can come from having more responsibility than you can handle. Anxiety can come from going through a certain trauma. Anxiety can come from a lot, a lot of it can come from our environment. Uh, sometimes, even if it is genetic, it could be from a grandparent and not from a parent, let's just say. But anxiety does not have to come from parents. Many times we will see there's a lot going on at home where a lot of the way of thinking affected it. But it does not have to be that every person that has anxiety comes from the parents. So I would say it this way. Not everyone that has anxiety has a parent that has it. But I would say almost every parent that has anxiety, very likely one or more of their children will have anxiety. So let's do it the other way. <laughs> okay, great. So, Mordechai. Yep. How we are done for tonight. Yeah. Thank you, and thank, thank you all for calling up everyone. It thank you to all the to men. That all was... <laughs> men day, that's right. All men day. The Father Appreciate day. It. it was nice and interest, and thank you all for the interest in the workshops. Always thank you for allowing me to discuss it okay. even on the uh, show. You want to repeat the, 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 the phone number for the workshop? Oh, yeah, the number to sign up for the workshop is 201-691-7626. 201-691-7626. Okay, great. And v'atzlacha to all our dear listeners. Amen. Be'asad Hashem. So, good night and thank you again.